0: Welcome to Fiscal One-on-One. This Iowa Legislative Services Agency audio program consists of interviews conducted by the Fiscal Services Division staff. Each brief conversational interview features an expert answering questions concerning a fiscal topic of interest within an Iowa state agency. The following interview was conducted on November twentieth, two 2012. Sean Snyder, Division Administrator with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, interviewed David Reynolds, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division regarding Iowa's budget process. Hello, my name is Sean Snyder with the Legislative Services Agency and today I'll be talking to Dave Reynolds about the state of Iowa budget and budget process. Over the last 20 years or so, Iowa's state budget process has become increasingly complicated. To help shed some light on this subject is uh, Senior Legislative Analyst Dave Reynolds. Dave has been an analyst with the Legislative Services Agency Fiscal Services Division for the last 23 years. Dave, can you please explain Iowa's budget process? Sure. First of all, I like to divide the budget process
1: into two parts. The first part is the process that occurs before the legislative session. Then there's a second part of the process that occurs during the legislative session. So during this first part of the process, it actually begins in July and August when each of the 42 departments and authorities begin putting their budget requests together for the next fiscal year. That begins on the following July 1st. So in essence, they're putting their budgets together about 12 to 11 months before the fiscal year begins. Departments then enter their budget data electronically into the state's budget system, which the system is administered by the Department of Management. Some of the departments, such as Department of Human Services and Department of Corrections, have to have their budgets approved by their boards first before they enter their data. But regardless, all departments are required to have their budgets completed by October 1st and entered into the state's budget
0: system. So what happens to the information at that point?
1: So, at that point, our office, the Fiscal Services Division, is given the electronic access to the budget data Uh, We pull the information together, review it, we analyze it, and around the first week of December or so, we publish a report. The report gives legislators an initial look into what state agencies are saying they will need for their operations and for other programs for the next fiscal year.
0: In Iowa, we have a group that meets quarterly to estimate revenues. Can you explain how this process fits into the budget picture?
1: Sure. The group you're referring to is the Revenue Estimating Conference, or REC for short. And this actually brings us to the beginning of the next step in the process. The REC is a three-member council that's responsible for estimating state general fund tax revenues and other general fund receipts for the next fiscal year. The three members include one appointed by the governor, one appointed by the legislature, and then there's a third person who is selected by the other two members. The REC, they will meet three times per year. They usually hold a meeting in March or April. They'll hold another meeting sometimes towards the end of September, mid-October, and then they will almost always meet in December. Iowa law requires that the estimate approved by the Revenue Estimating Conference at their December meeting, to have this estimate used by both the governor and the legislature, as their base revenue estimate for the budget for the next fiscal year. There's one exception to this, however, that if the estimate that's made at their March and April meeting, while the General Assembly is still in the legislative session, if that estimate is lower than the December estimate, then the estimate must be used for the budget. And if this happens, if they lower the estimate in this March-April meeting, then The governor then is required to submit a revised budget based on that lower estimate. I should also point out that the Revenue Estimating Conference only bases their estimates on current law. They do not assume any law changes.
0: So once the REC adopts its estimates in December, the Governor can begin to work on his budget recommendations?
1: Well, actually, the Governor's staff begins working on his budget proposals much earlier. However, he's not able to finalize his budget until after he sees what the Revenue Estimating Conference has estimated for the next fiscal year. The Governor does have until February 1st to finalize his budget and submit it to the General Assembly. However, in practice, If the governor has been in office for a while, he will usually have his budget completed by the second week of January. However, if it's a newly elected governor, he may need additional time to get his budget done and may take until the February 1st deadline.
0: After the governor submits his budget to the General Assembly, what's the next step in the process?
1: Well, the first thing that happens is that our office reviews and analyzes the governor's budget and then we will prepare a report for the General Assembly. The report includes an objective nonpartisan look at the governor's recommendations and it includes additional detail that might not be found in the governor's budget documents. This will help legislators understand the governor's budget initiative so that they can consider, if they want, including any of the governor's recommendations or portions of recommendations in the legislative budget
0: and then the budget process turns to the legislature is that correct
1: yes the legislative session then begins on the second monday of every january and to begin the budget process the legislature has created seven budget subcommittees that begin meeting during the second week of the legislative session they generally meet for about six weeks although this can vary from year to year depending on budget situations the subcommittees are actually joint subcommittees meaning that they're comprised of five senators and nine representatives, and the decisions of the subcommittees then become recommendations to the Senate and House Appropriation Committees. I should also mention that each of the subcommittees is assigned different areas of the state budget to review and make recommendations for, and analysts from the Fiscal Services Division, our office, then work closely with the subcommittees to help them make the informed decisions about the budget.
0: Are the appropriation subcommittees given any guidance or directives on the recommendations?
1: Absolutely. While the subcommittees are in process of meeting during that six, seven-week period, legislative leadership in the Senate and the House are meeting to try and develop what we call budget targets. This is an informal process that occurs behind the scenes where House and Senate leadership begin looking at the overall budget. And during this process, it will start with the REC estimate from the December meeting, and then they will incorporate any proposed revenue changes that increase or decrease general fund revenues that they want to enact during the legislative session. And then once they decide on how much revenue they will have available for the next fiscal year, they will then decide on how much in total they will spend and then which leads to how much of a surplus they will have at the end of that fiscal year. The legislature also has to adhere to what we call state's expenditure limitation law when making their spending decisions. And six of the seven subcommittees are then given spending targets that puts limits on how much they can recommend spending. And then one of the seven subcommittees, however, the transportation infrastructure doesn't generally consider general fund appropriations and therefore doesn't get a budget target. But the six of them do. And so in summary, the budget targets help the legislature to develop a balanced budget using the committee process. Then each of these six subcommittees then pass uh, budget recommendations on to the House and the Senate.
0: So once the subcommittees make their funding recommendations, what's the next step?
1: The recommendations are drafted in bill form. The House and Senate leadership will decide which chambers each of the bills will start in the House and which ones will start in the Senate. And then the bills will go through the normal legislative process that most other bills go through, which consists of committee and floor action. The Senate budget bills will first be considered by the Senate Committee on Appropriations. And likewise, the House bills will be considered by the House Committee on Appropriations.
0: You mentioned earlier the expenditure limitation law. Can you explain that a little more?
1: Sure. The expenditure limitation law was established back in 1992 with the overall goal of helping to ensure that the state has a balanced budget and also has adequate cash reserves that could be tapped into during emergencies and difficult budget years. Although there were numerous provisions of this law, the main things that it did was to require the governor and the General Assembly to base their budgets on a common revenue estimate that is set by the Revenue Estimating Conference. Prior to this law, you could have the governor and the legislature using different revenue estimates to start off with which complicated the budget negotiation process later on in session. Then the law requires that only 99% of the estimated revenues may be appropriated for the next fiscal year. And also if there's any new revenues that are proposed either through tax or fee increases, uh, the law requires only 95% of that new revenue can be appropriated. So then all the revenue that was not appropriated, which then ends up being the surplus, then that gets deposited into the cash reserve fund. Overall, the law has worked well to help Iowa maintain a balanced budget since the inception of the law.
0: As I understand, uh, the state has two reserve funds. Could you explain a little more about those reserve funds?
1: The state does have two reserve funds. One is the Cash Reserve Fund, and the second is the Economic Emergency Fund. And as I had mentioned previously, the Cash Reserve Fund receives the general fund surplus that existed at the close of the previous fiscal year. Iowa Code also limits the total amount of money that can accumulate in the Cash Reserve Fund to 7.5% of the total annual revenues. And once that balance in the fund exceeds 7.5%, the excess, anything over the 7.5%, is then deposited into the Economic Emergency Fund. Then the Iowa Code then, in turn, limits the amount that can be accumulated in the Economic Emergency Fund to 2.5% of annual revenues. And once the balance of the Economic Emergency Fund exceeds that 2.5%, then the first $60 million is transferred to, the, to a taxpayer's trust fund, and then the remainder goes back to the general fund. Together, if both these reserve funds are at their maximum level, then the state will have reserves totaling 10% of total annual revenues. And at present, that amount is currently about $620 million. The reserves are also useful in that they provide funds that can be used for cash flow purposes, so that the state can pay all of its bills on time throughout the entire fiscal year. And there are certain restrictions, however, on the reserve funds. And these restrictions are a little different between the two funds, but basically both funds can be used for emergency expenditures. However, the code does not define what constitutes an emergency expenditure, so it's kind of up to the General Assembly. And also, there's a provision in the Economic Emergency Fund that allows up to $50 million of it to be used to cover any unanticipated general fund deficit under certain
0: conditions. Thank you, Dave. I want to thank you for taking time to share your expertise on the state budget process.